Talking Landscape Photography with Kristen Fletcher and Cowan. It is like-minded today. We were supposed to have Art Wolf, who's uh, quite a renowned uh, animal photographer, I guess you could say. Uh, he was supposed to be on the podcast today, but because of daylight saving just kicking in in Seattle, he uh, just couldn't make it. But don't worry, we're going to catch up with him again in another couple of weeks. But what I thought we'd do today, Fletch is um, I thought we'd um, just fire some listener questions at you. We've just had a, a couple of questions over the, the last couple of weeks or so. And, uh, mate, would you be good to have a crack at answering those? I'll, I'll give it a red-hot go, Carmen, because, you know, I've, I've always got an opinion on everything and whether the answers will be correct and accurate is, uh, well, you know, you're not going to ask me about coronavirus, are you? No, I was going to ask you where to get some toilet paper, though, yeah, mate. Yeah, okay. Mm. Well, don't come to Dunsborough because it's all gone. Is that, is that right? It's completely sold out in Dunsborough? Well, I haven't been looking, actually, so that's probably not true. But, um, yeah, no, I'm, mm. I'm pretty sure it's all gone. So, you know, it makes sense. I mean, I, I want to eat toilet paper. Mate, that, that's, uh, this, wasn't, this is actually not a question from a listener, but you just touched on it. You're not going to eat toilet paper, are you? Uh, well, yeah, if, if you, you have to. Actually, you know what? I thought about this. And I said to my wife, "I said, honey, we need to learn about bush tucker because if, if we're mm. going to survive this, we're going to we're going to need to be able to go out into our yard and just pick off a few peppy leaves and and eat them. A couple of caterpillars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if that's bush tucker, is it? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> mate. You know, food's food when there's a pandemic <laughs> on. And um, actually, we're recording this today. And it is the 12th of March. And the World Health Organization have just officially declared that the coronavirus is, in fact, a pandemic. So oh. I, I don't know what that means. Hopefully, we don't end up like Italy. Yeah, so. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's happening? Cause I've, I've stopped watching the news and listening to the news. So I feel so much better. But now you've made me feel a hell of a lot worse. So thanks for that. That's great. Mate, just go and buy some toilet paper. Yeah. All right, uh, here's a couple of generic uh, questions for you, Fletch. This one is from Shelley. She's in the Shire in Sydney. In your opinion, what makes a good landscape photo? Well, look, a landscape can be anything. It can be from... Um, oh, someone's just tried to walk into the doomsday bunker. That's right. Well, <laughs> it's okay. I've, I've walked out again. I just uh, in, in, in case this is your first podcast you've listened to, Christian comes live to us from the uh, Dunsborough Doomsday Bunker, and uh, we're doing this via Skype. And he's, I can, I can see he's got lots and lots of toilet paper in the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, mate. I've got uh, toilet paper. Well, actually, that's not toilet paper. They're called my books. Oh. So yeah, they can definitely uh, be used. There's plenty of that. There's, there's, there's all sorts of things that around here that I can uh, wipe myself with if I need to. So, yeah. But, Mate, that is fantastic. So, uh, back to oh, the question. So what, what is a landscape photograph? Well, look, look at landscapes can be of anything. They can be of the natural world. They can be of the man-made world. Um, mm. So, you know, uh, what is the definition of a landscape? Um, uh, I am here and that this is the view that I'm, I can see and that's, mm. that's the landscape. So um, what makes a good one? Well, I think every photo can uh, work with good composition. I think that's the first thing you would say would be probably a number one priority is if you're going out to take a photograph, make sure you're pointing at something that is balanced and composed mm. correctly and nicely. The, the other thing that would help would be the light and that's probably can make a badly composed photo look a lot better. But mm. the light is very important as well. And and mm. look, at it, it it's it's subjective though, isn't it? Because you know what I consider to be a good landscape photograph, you might think is 
is not a good landscape photograph. So, mm. yeah, yeah, it becomes a your taste. Do you like the the natural looking landscape? Do you like it to be dramatic and dark and moody and atmospheric? And I think there's a bit of a, there's been a bit of a pushback um, in that very polished. Mm. Uh, landscape photos that you that you see on Facebook and Instagram, those mm. ones where the, there's this unbelievable light, and the reason that it's unbelievable light is because it mm. generally is unbelievable. So, yeah. um, you know, so even I, I mean, I'm guilty of all that sort of stuff, just like everyone else. Mm. But uh, I, I'm tending to look at the work of photographers that do a very honest, realistic landscape, and mm. uh, guys like Joe Cornish. Uh, his mm. stuff is it's like that it's a it's an honest rendition of of the scene they're mm. still beautiful because he he works on his compositions uh really well and um mm. so yeah it's it's you know comes down to taste and i think taste change like fashions change mm. you you know you go through all those periods like i've been going for 30 years and when i first started doing my pictures and and framing them i would make these frames that were like a whitewashed sort of look and then there was other ones that mm. would be a distressed look and mm. and then that went from that to a slick sort of silver frame that which was really popular for a while and then then I uh, got out of silver and I went to this other it was kind of uh, an ornate but contemporary ornate frame if you could call it that which was mm. uh, the colors they each frame was different colors from blues to to browns mm. to reddy colors to yellowy colors and then um, into the whites, white frames, and now I'm going well. I've seen too many white frames. Now I want to change. So landscapes, are fo- landscape photos can be like that as well, where you, you know, you can see so much of the one thing, and then it gets boring after a while. You just have a change. How do you, um, how do you start to develop your own style? Because I, I see a lot of landscape photographs, and uh, they're pretty much what you describe it. It's like the the unreal light, uh, flowing water. Um, and I suppose when you, you start taking photos, that's one of the things you're going for because that's you know that's 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 your wow factor. But how long do you think it takes for an ordinary person to get to a point where they've developed their own style and they're, they're possibly moving away from uh, your generic sort of landscape shots? I think your style comes about from your technique. So once you've once you've got your technique down pat, once you know how to use your camera and the software, then what happens is you tend to do certain things the same way each time. You go, oh, I quite like what that that adjustment layer does to my photos, so I'm going to use that quite regularly. So that's where I think your style comes from. You start to look at um, uh, at the at, at your work and go, I really like that colour. So mm. every time you go edit another photo, that colour comes out or that style. I mean, like Peter Eastway has got a very distinct style. He loves a, a heavy vignette. Tony Hewitt yep. does beautiful aerials. Tony you know, really finishes stuff, you know. Um, yep. I My style these days is going towards a more light, washed out, pastel-y sort of look. So, yeah, you, you, you develop that because you use certain techniques that, and, and and use them all the same, all the time and in the same way on each photo, and that becomes your style. How did you develop that style? Did it just come to you, or was it? Uh, were you just? Did something inspire you? Like what was that? Um, yeah, that moment. Well, what, it was um, was when I went to America with Tony. We were doing a a, a job 
basically phase one said look go over there and, and create a body of work that we can use to to promote and um so we went to america and i wanted to shoot all that banal urban stuff that you see in america so i was looking mm. at the work of Stephen shaw and, and guys like that and and i really really liked that that look uh, also mm. jeffrey smart the artist i love the the urban banal paintings that he would make so i started to to look at that that the paintings and their photographs and going okay what is it that i like about them and, and with mm. Stephen shaw it was that fairly bluish banal sort of light so i started I'd get an image and go, okay, how do, how do I make mine look like that? How do I get that look? So mm. I just started mucking around with um, adjustment layers using um, uh, LUTs um, and finding some different LUTs, you know, LUTs mm. just toning the images different ways and then blending those those uh, adjustment layers with the base image to get um, to lighten up the mid-tones and to get a pastel finish. And, and then that refined along the way. It went through a few different tones and then eventually... Um, sort of refining each one of those techniques um so at the time i thought wow this is quite unique i don't think anyone's doing this mm -hmm. and then of course i got on instagram and 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 somehow got onto a page full of urban banal photographs and go and finding out there was hundreds and hundreds of thousands of mm. photographers out there doing very similar work and, and uh, i was a little bit gutted there for a while but that's like peter eastway says this that's mm. everything's been everything's, nothing's nothing's yeah, been, been done yeah. so just had to expect mm. that all right, we've got another question here. Uh, this one is from uh, Tim from Cut Your Cock Off. Does a camera... <laughs> oh, actually, that might be a GR. Does, does a, uh, a camera really... Does your camera system really make a difference to the art? Like, basically, does the camera matter? Um, it it only, only matters if uh, you've spent a lot of money on, on one, and then it's like, it has to matter because I've spent all this yeah. money. Yes and no. Uh, I think... Um, you know, you, you you know the camera that you have is the, is the one that's going to create the the best images for you. Um, but mm. look, I've been shooting with a Phase One for probably twelve years, and and that's been fantastic. I mean, you don't generally get better files out of a camera than you do out of a Phase One, but they're also a little bit difficult to use, and mm. um, especially when you when your eyesight gets a bit average and you're trying to mm. focus and it's. You know, critical focus is important with phase ones and um yeah it's all just that little bit harder so so now i've switched to leica i'm using the mm. leica sl2 and even though the file size isn't the same the, the quality i can get from that camera and the ease of use the, the lightness mm. is is what um is going to help me be more creative because yeah, i can i can do things with that camera that i couldn't do with the phase and to get new interesting unique photos you need a system that allows you to to explore and experiment and 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 do that easy easy way so you did, look i think the camera does help like even when i used my um huawei phone um and was getting you know shooting 40 megapixel dng files from that that allowed me to do things that, and put the camera in places i couldn't put a regular camera um so you know they're all they're all good to have. I think you should have one of everything. How how important uh, is it to um to be familiar with your your camera system? And the reason I say this is because I've got a Canon five D Mark II. Yeah, wow. And I can I can use that upside down, pissed. I can yep. set it with not, without even looking. I just know the camera system so well. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what it can do. 
Um, and and I love it. Uh, you know, it's been I've been shooting at Yina Bay at four o'clock in the morning, being smashed by waves. I've dropped it from the boot of my car on the <laughs> ground. It's you know, it's a ten year old camera system, and it's it's still amazing. I mean, it's you know, it's not one hundred eighty seven megapixels. But um, I, I just love it in the fact that I don't I don't have to think about uh, the technical aspect of it because I just know it so well, mm. and it just gives me the shots that I want. But how like how important is that? Well, do you well, think like that sort of familiarity? Well, there's that classic saying, isn't it? RTFM, you know, read the fucking manual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's um, the one that most instructors are always you know hoping that the the student will do they'll read the manual and and mm. get familiar with the operation because you know some quite often not knowing your camera system is in impedes your creativity because you, you, mm. you you're thinking about how the camera works not by what you should be pointing the camera at yeah that's right so yeah yeah, yeah like you you know if you if you know your system back to front and you, you can just go out mm. and create because you know exactly which buttons to push where you can do it without looking at the at the system I, I could literally, I could set the camera up literally with my eyes closed. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes you probably do. <laughs> yeah, mate, I do. Like when it was four o'clock in the morning and blue hours just coming in, like you just, you've actually got no idea what you're, uh, you're actually, uh, what your settings are. Uh, look, another question here too, and this one is from Mike S, and he's in Bruce Rock. Christian, what is art? Foo, you're asking me. Cheapers, that's what is art? Art is anything you can get away with. Mm. Uh, from a from a shark in a big vat of formaldehyde uh, to mm. a um, to a cat a ki- that's been yeah, run over to the guy who had that was it banana sticky tape to a to a wall that um, that oh. got taken off and eaten. So I mean I, I'm not going to you know it's um, uh, well art you know art is a it's a way of life it's a it's a it's a thing to do it's creating art or being creative is is probably the, the the most fun thing you can do. Well, if mm. you're into that, if you're a creative sort of person, mm. what is art? Um, do you think wearing a beret helps you become an artist? Oh yeah, definitely. I I, I remember way back when I was a picture framer, part time picture mm. framer. Uh, we had a guy that would come in. He was a pastel artist. He was actually quite good. So he would mm. do these pastels, and he he would always wear this little black beret and he would come in and he would put pastel dust all over his face he would just he, so he'd, he'd rub his hands on his face all the time so if he's like mm, just scratching so he could feel the medium yeah and he would come in yep. and he would have pastel lines of pastel dust all over his face and his little beret mm. and, and mm. it was just such a scene mm. it was mm. quite hilarious but uh, yeah so mm. you know, artists do some of them true artists are just born that way some try a bit hard mm. Um, some think they're artistic, but they're actually not. Um, mm. But it's a it's a scene like anything else. A bogan is a mm. you know a bogan will wear a flannel t shirt, listen to ACDC, and drive an XU one. Yeah, um, yeah. If you can get an XU, yeah. Okay. Surfer will have a you know in the old days it used to be a you know a V dub combi with a mm. have long hair and tie dyed stuff. But yeah, that's right. You know, gothics will wear all the blackest gear they can find, get their mum's mascara out and put it all over their face and, and pretend to be sad. And mm, mm. so it's, it's all a scene. So art's probably the same. I, I know, yeah, and, and, I, yeah. and I said to an artist once, I said, oh, I wish I was an artist because I'd love to be able to, I mean, I'm a painter. I'd love to be a painter, you know, because painters mm. and artists, 
non-photographers types, um, they all mm. seem so friendly and and he's going, what? What are you talking about? I said, yeah, they, you know, mm. they, all the artists seem to get along. There's no competition. He's going, which is bullshit. He said that they're, they're worse than photographers. It's like, you know, they're... Other artists hate other artists, and it's they all hate yeah, each other. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, but art. What is art? Art is whatever, mm. whatever fills your fills your soul with joy. Whatever you, whatever mm. floats your boat. Whatever makes you feel something. Whatever. So it can be anything. But you just you, you wonder though because you see you know for example and we've touched on this before but you look at uh, some of Banksy's stuff when it goes up mm. and if he wasn't you know. Banksy, would you buy his gear? And let, let's face it, you know, if you look at something like that, it's it's just a stencil, really. Mm. But there's there's something about it. Yeah. But do, do you think it's it's you know there's there's possibly something about it, but it just the um, uh, I guess the the manifesto or the the style of, of getting it up has has made it more desirable, and he was one of the first to do it. Do you think there's you know that there's some sort of um, you know there's something in that as yeah, well. Yeah, I think uh, a bit of notoriety always helps with mm. your artwork, and if you if you if you're well known, people want a piece of of that well known artist. I mean, there's there's photographers out there whose work I would love to own, and and artists as well. So yeah, it's just one of those things where uh, a bit of bit of fame, bit of notoriety will always will always help. Uh, All right, we've got another one here. Um, Fletch, if you could have only one camera for the rest of your life, what would it be? And this one's from Loud Nordgard. Oh, Phase One Development Manager. Yeah, wow. No, just kidding. Yeah, well, if, if we're talking about um, cost, it's uh, a hard one. So we're in the Leica train now. Aren't we are. We? Well, look, I, I have to say, I'm very impressed with the SL2, and mm. that would be a camera that fits a lot of my requirements now. In the old days, mm. when I was, you know happy to lug a big camera around and I wanted the ultimate mm. detail and the and I wanted to see every grain of sand. Yes, the Phase 1. And I'd, look, I'd still love a, a Phase 1 kit, the new IQ4 with the XT body mm. and the 150 megapixel back. I mean, I, you can't mm. get much better in, in regards to pure resolution and, and imaging <clears throat> quality. Mm. But I want something that I can poke out of a car window handheld very mm. easily I can shoot mm. in ultra low light and still hand hold it. Uh, mm. I need just enough resolution to make a print that will fit in my gallery. Um, that even when blown up, the general public doesn't can't see the difference. So all those things come into it, and then and then of course the the price factor. And sometimes mm. uh, I think manufacturers could probably price themselves out of the market, yeah. especially when there's a lot of other things that are approaching the mm. quality. So mm. you know. Photographers are the, uh, the 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 most underpaid, probably professionals in mm. anywhere anywhere going. I mean, we don't. It's really hard, and and people always say to me, "Oh, look, I'd love to be a professional photographer and doing what you're doing." Um, you know, mm. I'm currently working in the mining industry, making two hundred thousand dollars a year, um, mm. and all got all my you know only work for six months. And I'm going, "Well, you want to be a mm. professional photographer? Where are you yeah. going to make?" Stick to your yeah, job. You know, you, if you make 50 grand yeah. a year and work your guts out, um, mm. look, it's more fun being a photographer, I'm sure. But, mm. but mm. well, that is for me because I do what I, mm. I'm doing landscapes and I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm one of the lucky ones. But if mm. I was doing weddings, I'd be in, I'd be in a bit of trouble. I wouldn't be enjoying mm. that. But mm. other people love weddings. So, mm. Mm. so yeah, there's a few. That's no, very interesting. Yes. And 
Look, it's interesting you touch on that too about the uh, look. The phase one is not a uh, not what you've described as an inexpensive camera system, mm. and, and I wonder, um, I wonder, are we going to get to the point shortly where um, you know the Likers and the, the likes of the um, the Panasonic, uh, what is it, the S one R? Yes, one R. Yeah, I think that takes is capable of taking one hundred eighty seven megapixel shots. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, stuff's catching up, and from I think that you can get one of those Panasonics for about three and a half grand for a body. Yeah, it's probably something like that now. Um, yeah, well, look, I, I have to say I have seen one in the flesh working. Mm. Um, Wesley Wong, a photographer who we had on the podcast not long ago, he was down. He was hey, down last weekend. Hey, Wes. And yeah, was, and it, did he have? Was he wearing his pajamas? No, or? yeah, he was fully clothed. That was good. Oh, yeah, for a change. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And a smart guy, he just knows his stuff. Yeah. But he bought his S1R mm. down, his Lumix, Panasonic Lumix S1R. And oh, cool. uh, we went out for a, sh- for a shoot and um, he had his Sigma lens on that because there's that alliance between Leica, Sigma and Panasonic where everything's interchangeable. Oh, and yeah. It's all amazing gear. And we took a mm. one-shot handheld 187-megapixel uh, image um, and it was phenomenal. It was Far We, we made out. a print and... Uh, it was super impressive, super impressive, mm. and I believe Leica will have that same function in their SL2s, hopefully by mm. the end of this month. So, so how does that work? Like, do, is it just a, does it just compile a bunch of shots? Like, how, how can you shoot handheld? I know the Phase does something like that, but uh, well, the Hasselblad does a multi-shot. Um, mm. Phase doesn't really need to. That just shoots. It's got all the pixels in the world, but um, yep. but it, 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 I believe the sensor moves. But um, I don't know the full technology. Our not, but mm. but the 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 Lumix takes it's just magic. Yeah, the Lumix takes eight shots uh, in a mm. in a second, and then mm. uh, puts them all together in camera. So it spits out the file at the end, and you just yeah, you just go print it. Uh, it's something like comes out sixteen thousand pixels by twelve thousand pixels or something like that. It's just crazy size amazing yeah. might be time for me to upgrade my uh, 5d mark oh, wait. mate it was time about five years ago <laughs> oh come on it's a beautiful yeah. camera um christian where to from here mate what's what's going on in the world of fletch workshop wise and stuff well um i am doing a, a trip coming up in a couple of weeks time which has mm. been fairly low key. Uh, just a couple mm. of uh, few clients that uh, want to do something mm. special. So that's down to the mm. south coast. Um, Nick Rains is talking about doing something uh, with me for the Lyker Academy, and that will probably be at Bunker Bay. But we haven't set a date for that yet, so that'll be um, oh, cool. something pretty cool. And of course, the other, the, the best one is the probably the best value for money workshop I've ever done is with Les Walkling, the Daintree mm. Workshop, where it's um, pretty much a week of classroom stuff and shooting and hanging out with Les walking with all his amazing mm, knowledge. Mm. So that's mm. coming up in July, June or July. That, that'll, that'll be incredible. I, I, I wouldn't mind going to that myself because, do you know, as a photographer, like sometimes you just get caught in a mindset where you just can't figure out what it is that you're actually doing, mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. like. Like you... And, and I think, like, you talk to someone like Les and you say, look, I, I've got this idea. Um, I don't know why and I don't know how it's going to work. And he can just – he's like a counsellor yeah. for photographers. Yeah. 
he's just I mean he's just so he's just got so much depth I mean I, I can't believe that you can actually do a workshop with Les Walker yeah that's incredible yeah it's, it's great I've uh, I've done two with him now like that the one was at Orpheus mm. Island and then the Daintree a couple of years ago mm. and uh, this will be um, the third sort of workshop um, and yeah it is you just learn so much you always come away with lots of inspiration so so that's pretty mm-hmm. much it on the workshop thing. I've got an exhibition coming up on the 25th of April, starting in my gallery, mm. which is going to be all my urban banal work. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff from America and, and you know the outback towns and stuff. So it's very different to what I normally do. So hopefully people will be able mm. to get down and see that. And I do have a, a exclusive print offer coming up fairly soon. Oh really? What's what's that about? Well, you talk about uh, that? Yeah. Or? Well, you know, it's it's still in the in in the in the um, pipeline but basically mm. uh, I'm offering a limited edition print um, really? one of one of three different prints um, so you have a choice mm-hmm. so it'll be a 30 by 30 inch print with a photo border on print, printed on it's just under a meter or yep. just on a meter square um, mm. and it'll be printed on beautiful cans and rag photographic art paper rolled mm. up put in a tube for you to collect now it's mm. um I think the full retail on something that size is going to be around the $900,000 mark maybe a bit more wow. um and that's going yeah. to be offered with a free subscription to my training site Oh fantastic yep. cuz that's 100 bucks a yep. year for for $300 and um, but there's a bit of, there's going to be a kicker there's only, there's okay. only going to be 100 prints sold uh, a combination of those three different versions whatever's whichever one so um, and wow. when I when I sell a hundred copies, that'll be the cutoff, mm. and then uh, then I'm going to give away my phase one complete phase one kit to one lucky person. <laughs> but that's like <laughs> that would cost about eighty, seventy or eighty thousand well, dollars to actually replace. Well, brand new, yeah. But sec- brand second new. hand, second hand is probably worth about thirty six. Probably get about thirty six thousand dollars for it. Thirty six, wow. thirty seven. So. Yeah, so this is coming up. So you basically you buy the print. Okay. So you can raffle the print. Well, raffle the. No, it's not a raffle. Um, it's just going to be a, you buy the print. So it's just a print mm. print purchase, and mm. um, you get a, a free, you get a free subscription. You get your print, and, and one person will get a free camera system from Phase One. My old gear. <laughs> so so how much like to buy a print? Uh, three hundred bucks. Okay. And then you then you. You get, so you, for three hundred bucks, you get it's a third of the price that it normally would be. You get a free subs- yeah. free subscription to my training website, which is normally a hundred bucks, mm. ninety nine bucks a year. Mm. Mm. And um, um, you know, if you're lucky, uh, you'll get a phase one kit worth thirty six thousand dollars for three hundred bucks. And that's glass and yeah, all that sort three of stuff. Lens, three lenses, um, XF body, um, and the IQ uh, two eighty back. And it's just been refurbished, so. Uh, the XF has just been refurbished and um, had had wow. new new grip put on it, and mm-hmm. and the my Snyder eighty mm lens has just been refurbed as well and and cleaned up and put back together nicely. So yeah, and that'll be all the batteries. I've got about six batteries and two chargers, and you know I'll even throw in a dodgy old camera bag. So, so anyway, <laughs> that's going to be launched soon. So I'm just going to finalise the prints and then. Wow. But only 100 prints will be available. So, so you'd have a complete phase one system. Yeah, just going to give it away. That's um, 
That is quite amazing, actually. I wish I could buy a ticket. I yes, can't. No. Imagine if I yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not a ticket. It's just you got to buy a print. Buy a print. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, where we go from there. So that's my new phone. Oh, that's Greg. I better send him a message. Sorry, I'm just... Can I tell you about my new phone? Yes. Yeah. What? Um, yeah. It's Samsung? Samsung Galaxy S20 Ultra. And mm. it's... So Jen let you buy it. Well, no, she was not too impressed with my purchase she, she wants uh, me to see she'd be happy for me to get a, an apple phone mm. but i said look i'm just getting another plan and and uh, actually i'll have i've got a if anyone wants to buy a huawei p20 pro super mm. duper condition only a year and a half old let me know i got one for sale don't know what the price will be. how much oh no probably 400 bucks well because it's yours i'll sign it yeah <laughs> yeah so um so but this samsung is it's pretty nuts it's got a 108 megapixel camera on it Mm. And um, I'm not sure the quality of that yet. I've I, I've yet to um, see it. Um, you know, I've only had it for a day, mm. but I'll have a bit of a play with it. Um, but I must say, it's mm. big. It's the biggest phone I've ever owned. It's quite pretty. There it is. There. Mm. Yeah. Right. Okay. So there's a lot of real estate there. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Um, a lot of missed calls from me on there. there. Fletch is just holding up his phone. No, that's and it's massive. It's like the size of his head. <laughs> yeah, it is. Look at that. Wow. Bigger than my head if I move closer to the camera. It is. It's actually quite confronting. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to playing with that a bit more, learning a bit more about it. But look, um, mm. you know, I'll, I'll have uh, more information about uh, this print purchase. Mm. So it's not a ticket thing. It's just you, you're buying a print. Yeah, you're buying a print. And um, I'm just going to yeah. give some uh, lucky person the phase, my full phase one kit. Okay, so you're you're buying an exclusive one of one hundred print. Yes, or, or one of whatever the other. See, I've got three different prints to choose from, so that you've got some options. So, so it's okay. not just one. So, I'll do three prints. They'll all be brand mm. new, all limited edition, and mm. whatever combination of those prints sells to make up a hundred. Mm. That's when I and that's mm. when I'll close it off. Okay, so it's limited edition. Yep. Uh, you get a um, a free year yep. of the Christian Fletcher training experience. Yes, yep, lots of videos. Uh, so that's three hundred bucks, and plus you might be given a phase one yep. with Schneider glass. Yep. Right. Yeah. Have you gone mad? That's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I might be, but um, yeah. So I've got the oh, there's one phase lens. It's a phase twenty eight mil. I've got the Schneider. Mm. 40 to 80, which mm. I think retails for about 14, over 14 grand uh, new, mm. and the 80 mil Snyder, that'll go with it. Mm. So they're the ones that I use all the time and my favourites. So, All right. Well, more details coming soon. That's pretty exciting. Uh, now, West, how's that going? West is that completely sold not out? Not yet. So we've still got, uh, probably still got 500 left, but that's, mm. um, that's going really well. We'll probably end up doing a, a second edition towards mm. the middle of the year. That's if we get anyone coming into the gallery because we might be all in lockdown by then and eating toilet paper for a... Oh, we're all going to (laughs) die. Who cares? God. It's just the flu. uh, No, I suppose you've got to take it a little bit seriously. But, uh, you know, if if you're listening to this and you're one of those people that has gone down to the shops and bought 4,000 toilet rolls, mate, just think of your neighbours. Seriously. Mm. You know? I know. What's... Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. Good mm. stuff, Carmen. Well, look, mate, we better um, we better go off and do some real work for a, for a change. I've yep. got to um, got to go to the gallery and do some stuff, 
and uh, we shall talk. We'll have we'll find out when um, Art Wolf can come back on, and then we'll get him on, and that'll be that'll be good. All right, fantastico, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, right, mate. We will do that indeed. <laughs>